Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about our sermons in the series, Living Hope, and we talk about what it's like to critique ourselves and our sermons. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. We're in the 90s now. I'm not sure where. I'm going to know. We're going up to the century mark. Yes. I'm going to know when we do the century mark, and we will make a big, somewhat, somewhat of a big Excellent. deal we'll about it. We'll bring in marching bands and and, and Yeah, we said, we, said we were going to do that with 50, and we didn't do that. So <laughs> may, maybe I'll actually do that. I couldn't find a good marching band like soundtrack to put over top of it. You know, uh, We might do something special on the 100th. I'm not. You should really. at least play Ode to Joy with something. cannon, cannon yeah, fire going yeah. off in the background. Yeah, yeah. Or some Sousa march or something, yeah. right? Um, so today we are uh, we are six weeks into our series called Living Hope, but you brought up a, a, an interesting thing uh, to talk about as, at the opening, which is how we are at, at kind of critiquing ourselves is, yeah. that the, is that the right yeah, way to that's, put it? Yeah, that's fair. So I'm going to ask a, a, a first question first. How often, I guess it would help first questions are always first, but uh, <laughs> a broader question first. How often do you go back, you said you did this week, went back and watched your own message. How often do you go back and watch or listen to your own messages? Ooh, I would say probably one out of every six Okay, I'll go back and watch. Or is there a is there a, a thing that kind of prompts you to go back and watch it, or do you? Is it just kind oftentimes of, I'm more curious about how the service flowed, yeah, and I'm watching the service flowing, yeah, and then I'm just sitting still while I'm while I preach my sermon a sermon to myself, yeah. <laughs> how about that, you? How how often do you go back? So I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago. I listen to myself preach pretty much every week because mm-hmm. I. On the first run through of the message, I re- I record it. Like yeah. I do an audio recording of it, and depending on how I f- felt like it flowed uh, when I listen to it, will depend on how much editing I have to feel like I have to do. If if I get confused <laughs> listening to <laughs> yeah. my own message when I know yeah. the thought process, then I know something is wrong, and yeah. then I have to go back and that's a good practice and re-listen to it. I don't. I will say I don't watch. I watch parts of sermons sometimes of myself. Man, I get – I don't know. I get a, a little self-conscious with it. It's very easy to do. I just yeah. did it last night, and it's very it's very easy to do. Part of, the, though, part of it, though, when I watch the services, I'm yes, I'm listening to myself, and I'm listening to the content. I'm listening to the flows. I'm listening to the sermon, but I'm also watching I'm, – I'm in the – I'm in the online audience at that point, and I'm yeah. looking at camera angles and lighting, and I'm thinking about those type of practical things as well. Yeah. I, I started listening to myself again a few months ago, doing that, getting that practice because so early in my ministry this is a little bit of a tangent, but I want to say early in my ministry, in my ministry, probably about five or six years after I'd started preaching, uh, you know, people they always you know good 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 sermon preacher you know things like that this one guy said to me he comes up comes up afterwards he said do you realize you said the word right 16 times oh my gosh he's counting he was counting how many times you, you like you you use it as a period almost a or a comma 
And I went back and listened to it and he actually undersold it. It was more like 20 times that I had said it. And so that those kind of verbal tics, I yeah. try to – everybody has them. Everybody has verbal tics. Yeah. Everybody has phraseologies that they go back to. And and so I, I kind of noticed I was a uh, – I felt like I was in a rut a little bit in terms of like some of the language I was using. And, and so I started listening to the sermons and I started noticing – phrases that I use more than I probably should. And so I, I try to self-correct that. That's really why I do that because I uh, I think just as an from an or from an oratory is that oratory standpoint, oratory not oratory, oratory standpoint. Yeah. Just to be uh, you know more polished dis- more and, di- disciplined yeah, and yeah, polished in yeah. the language that I use and and even in this series because we start talking about suffering so often, right? Um See, I just did the right thing there. I, I started getting out the thesaurus and just, okay, all the different ways you can say suffering, suffering. without saying suffering. And I, I have a little post-it note that I keep in my my physical notebook where I go through and say, okay, these are the types of suffering. And, and I did that because I heard your sermon a few weeks ago, and you kind of outlined many different types of yep. suffering and pain. And I thought, man, that's that's – those are little nuanced Makes ways. Makes it hearable, doesn't it? Yeah, so I went through and I was like, I need to make sure that I'm doing that. So that's why I – but I don't watch myself. Yeah. Oof. yeah. Oof. It's, it's dreadful to watch I know, yourself. I know that the human brain is an amazing thing, and yeah. anytime I'm watching somebody and they're doing those filler things, I just bypass them. Yeah. I hardly hear them. I know you do them. I do them as well. Yeah. But when I listen to you do them, I'm just going – Okay, and I'm just I move right past it. My yeah. brain feels if or if the if, if the wrong thing gets said. Sometimes we say one word and we mean another word. Yeah, yeah. If the wrong thing gets said, and the whole room knows and you know as well that that that, that wasn't what you was meant. The other yeah. word, yeah. your brain just fills in the right word and moves on. It doesn't yeah. doesn't. But when, when you, you watch yourself. yourself do all that, uh, I, I was telling someone that that uh, the whole thing of watching yourself and anybody who's ever done this if you've had speech classes or mm-hmm. you know I remember being with cassette tapes when the cassette tapes were, were the big thing and then we, were, <laughs> we were cassette taping ourselves recording ourselves saying something yeah. the very first time I listened to myself on a cassette tape recording and then they hit play afterwards I thought I sound like that? That's exactly what I said I remember oh, that. Oh I don't want to sound like that I, I mean in my mind I sound like James Earl Jones <laughs> We have a mutual friend, Norm Hatter. In my mind, yeah. I sound like Norm, Norm Hatter. Who does sound like James Jones. Who sounds like James Earl Jones. But then I listened to it, and I said, I sound like Pee Wee Herman, and not yeah. like James Earl Jones up there. So when I always think I always think of my voice as being about two timbers deeper than it, than it sounds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Then, you know, like in my head, it sounds deeper than it is, and so I sometimes I'll compensate for that, and I'll go higher. Oh. And then when oh. I listen to him, I'm like, you don't need to compensate. It's plenty. It's like it's, or, or the speed, the rate the at which speed. we speak you and i both speak quickly and and so i mean that was my experience watching myself you know last night and just listening to man you slow down and lower the register yeah i yeah and and i actually i remember again this is early in my ministry i had a sweet old older lady come up to me and said i love your sermons but i only pick up about a third of what you're saying because you're going so So fast. fast and i told her i said 
I will try to slow down, but just know that I pretty much repeat myself three times. So if you got a third of it, you're okay. You know, like <laughs> I, 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 because I, you know, just I, some somewhere along the way, I probably read something about people only retain, you know, how much they retain when they listen. And to repetition something. signifies to a hearer what's important. What's important. Yeah. So yeah, I've said before, uh, I, I will try to slow down. I, I, I promise to slow down. If you'll, uh, to, if I'll, I'll speak slower. If you promise to listen, listen faster. You listen faster. I'll speak slower, and we'll come together in the middle. But do you notice that you're different in classic or vine, though, in terms of speed and delivery? I think so, and I think part of it is how we deliver in the recordings yeah. on vine, which we've talked about this is, before. Is a little, yeah, little, little different. So I, th- I think we're a little more. I'm a little more regulated, and maybe a little bit slower um, do you find that in the live service the 1030 service that you are as well or or do you feel I, like it's about the same there is a there is a part of me that says that the most of the times of people saying just you know that's slowing down or whatever yeah. i've heard from this crowd yeah. and not the other crowd yeah and that's not exclusively true but the the, yeah. the vine crowd and versus the, the classic crowd more of a modern and so i've tried i try to be more really accommodating um and that's not something that we're conscious of as we're speaking i'm not mm-hmm. conscious of it as mm-hmm. i'm speaking i'm just in, but in the back of my mind i i know that part of your brain that monitors the the room mm-hmm. you know that when you're speaking that's the part that's going slow it down slow it down yeah i i, I definitely feel different um in the speed and the the Timber, I've, I've talked about this before. I'm t- I feel a lot more tied to my notes in classic, um, mm. so I stick with my notes a lot more. I'm not reading it; uh, I still know it, but because of that, I, I tend to be. I, part, I don't. Part of it is the, the notes are always before you. Always before you. You, 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 yeah. you can't get away from your notes. Yeah, They're, and I don't. So I don't. You obviously can't walk around when we're up in the in the in the crow's nest, um, and even at eight fifteen, when you can walk around. I don't. I mean, I'll take a step to the right or to the left, but not much, not in there. Whereas in Vine, you know, I rarely go back to my notes. I mean, it's it's except when I'm reading the, the scripture passages, I rarely mm-hmm. go back. And that, I think that energy level tends to speed me up, I think, a little yeah. bit. And yeah. so I, I definitely feel it. Um, I, having been in classic the last two weeks, it, you know, I, I could definitely feel a difference. In, and uh, yeah, yeah. The odd thing about all all of what we're saying is that this is all the preacher's self criticism. Yeah. This is all the preacher's insecurities or whatever it is that yeah. we're 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 experiencing when we go back and watch ourselves. Literally had the conversation this morning about uh, that that message on Sunday yeah. was impactful. This yeah. is somebody else saying that this this was what I felt was the right thing for us as a church. Yeah. So I, here I am going blah, uh, you know, terrible, about, about yeah. this, and then here, here's the Holy Spirit going, oh, I got you, yeah, I got you. I'm going to take the broken vessel that you are, yeah. and I'm going to I'm going to speak uh, through you because of you or in spite of you, whichever one it is. Well, and that's and that's the that's the promise and the and the the security of it's not our word it's we're we've done the preparation and the yeah. prayer it's god god's word and as he speaks through the prophet that word in isaiah will never go out void it's not going to it's going to accomplish yeah. its purpose and so but it doesn't mean we some people take that to uh, to be lazy <laughs> and we we're saying no no no, no we want to bring diligence. excellence we want to be diligent we yeah. want to bring excellence to it so you know that brings us to this week's message in first uh, peter chapter 4 how did you so we were at the beginning of the chapter chapter yeah. 4 how did you um when you're reading this passage there's a lot to it yes uh 
how did you feel going into prepping this message? Just curious what your mindset was. Uh, not 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 in terms of what after you've read it, whatever, and yeah. then getting it out on paper. Uh, how did you feel? Just you're reading those eleven verses. It's sometimes you read those your verse, you know, the verses of scripture that you're focusing on, and it just it jumps off the page. You know what you're going to say. You yeah. know how you're going to say it. You know the order. You know. Sometimes it's like. Okay. I had to reread this one several times yeah. to, see, you know, to, to find that landing place because yeah. it, it felt like the, the first feeling was it's, – it's something we've been talking about almost every week now, but I, maybe I felt it in a, in a more intense way. So, yeah. uh, like last week, it felt a lot like jumping off the page. I got I yeah. got this thing ready to go. This week, it was like I got the tiger by the tail. There's so much power in, in, in everything, almost every word in here. What am I going to do with yeah. this? Yeah, so, and 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 to me, I think one of the things that gets gets interesting is, you know, I you know as as I'm looking at even looking at this passage now, you know, sometimes we get influenced by the translations that we're reading, or mm. we're influenced by even the titles that the translators put into yeah. the, the chapter. So in the ESV, uh, the, in the Strong's ESV, the title of this chapter is Stewards of God's Grace. And then you start reading it, and, and it really is, as you, you, you put it in your, your uh, message, you know, it really is about the dividing line of life before Christ, life after Christ, so how, that, how then shall we live now, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so, so the title that was in the ESV kind of threw me. I'm like, I don't really, I don't know that I agree with that. That's not in the original language. It's so it. It's I always, an, always, always, I always caution people when they're reading translations. Like, take those titles with a hefty helping of salt because yeah. it's the the uh, NIV the title that is not part of the scripture but was yeah. added as you said by these by these uh, people afterwards is living for God. Yeah, and which maybe I think very is a little, general. Yeah, it's a really you could put that before for almost, anything before yeah. any chapter. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, and 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 then two, you know, whenever you get one of these lists that starts talking about sinful behavior, that's that can always be a, yes. a rabbit trail. So this what is you, something so, I wanted yeah. to talk to you about? Yeah. Is what do you, what do you do with the lists? Yeah, How do you well, approach we, the lists. We took we took. At first, when I was listening to your message, I'm thinking, "Oh man, we're going to go in different directions." But then we actually ended up fairly yeah. similar. And, and in the and actually in the recorded version, I didn't hit this as hard, but acknowledging that there might be people that are dealing with some of the very things in yeah. that list, you, you acknowledge that in your message as well. Uh, I didn't really in the recording acknowledge that quite as hard as I did in the eight fifteen and ten thirty because I went back and go, you know. Um, Primarily, I'll tell you why, because we record on Thursday morning, and on Thursday evening we have Celebrate Recovery here, which is an addiction recovery ministry. Yeah. And in, in the recorded version, I kind of – and I shouldn't have done this, but I, I and I did not do this in the 1030 and 815, almost minimized the temptation that is presented here as being relevant for us today. When I look at some, you know what people come to addiction recovery ministries for – it it is some of it's right there. It's, it's widespread. And, yeah, and it's, it's, and it's, it's not, sexual addiction. It's yeah. chemical addiction. It's it's you know it's a lot of those different. Although things. Although you which, did mention greed, I heard you say that. that yeah, that see would be what something, I, yeah. So uh, what I did was I kind of said, okay, we may not be dealing with these things. Some people are dealing the with things those that things. are on the list. On that Peter the list. writes about, but Peter is talking 
and where you and I both landed was this general concept of uh, desire, di- desire of the flesh, flesh human yeah. human passions. So, what, what what about you when you're looking at that list? Well, it's not just this list, but it's a, it's any time we come to the list, the first thing that I'm typically thinking about is that I don't want this message to come across as uh, the gospel of sin management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this isn't just about the moralism or um, um, just just living living in a certain way as if the heart change in the gospel hasn't affected our, our hearts at all. So yeah. somehow or another, and that's always a danger. I mean, if you, anytime, and, and I, I felt that, especially since half of the message is about, because half of the scripture was about ha, uh, what they were like before. Yeah. And so what's the, what's the past like? It'd be really easy to just get bogged down in that and make, make the gospel equivalent to, okay, just manage all that stuff yeah. and you'll be fine. Yeah, do this, don't do that. Um, yeah. But, but on the other hand, you can't, you, if we're going to be uh, exegetes of Scripture, we can't not pay attention to it either. We have to. Yeah. We have to deal with what's what's there, and so this that was part of dealing with what what was there. And then you move on to the the end is near, and therefore it leads it leads you to live a certain way, which is good. So first thing when I come to the list is is about making sh- being aware, and whether I pull it off or not, I mean, whether I pulled it off on Sunday or not, it, it's it was on my mind that let's not make the gospel equal to. Uh, managing and and your own moral uh, choices because it's you'll never manage yourself yeah. into the into the new life you know yeah. it's just a matter of being transformed second thing is that um the sins that that are listed and the reality of the struggles of the flesh the other thought that i had that was kind of governing how i was going to talk about it is, is yeah and i think you, i really appreciate how you said it it's not it's not we may not we may not wrestle with these particular things but we all wrestle with these things. Yeah, we all wrestle with those human desires and human passions. It just might. And you and I both talked about greed and purchasing things. And 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 yeah, I loved how you talked about the later on when you were addressing the men. You talked about that dopamine hit, yeah. um, which is which. Uh, you know, Peter wouldn't have had that category in his brain, but that's kind of what he's talking about here. You know, he's talking about those things that that promise us. You know, some elevation yeah. and, and promise us a sense of, of of joy, but they're they're only temporarily focused. You know, yeah. they're not eternally focused as well, too. So, and I loved how you did it. You know, how you started the sermon talking about the before and the after. You know, really talked about your friend who had been in the church his whole life and didn't realize that there was no real change of heart in his. Yeah. Mind. You know, it was something he just did. And uh, yeah, that that was is uh, an interesting moment because I'm trying to paint as with with, with as big of a picture as I can to touch as many people as mm-hmm. possible, and and I had the feeling that maybe there's even some listening would 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 not even have had categories of thought along these lines that there was that because almost everybody can say even if you grew up in the church because I was aware of this person as well if you grow up in the church which is what you want someone to grow up in the church but then yeah. at some point. It was no longer the faith that your parents brought you into, mm. the faith of your you Sunday know, school teachers yeah, or something it like was that. Somewhere yeah. along the line, a shift took place and it became real it became for yours. you. So I tried to address that mm-hmm. that person and just say that sometimes that person may think it's real, but it wasn't re- it isn't real for 50 years, mm-hmm. like in the, in one guy. And then you obviously deal with the other. It's about about fifteen percent of the people say that they were wild, wild living, and they yeah. just took this, you know, screeching in their brakes, and then yeah. uh, changing direction. So, and then you dealt with the, some of the ideal, you know, the philosophical kind of the Karl Marx struggle, you know, yeah. that that people that have that mentality that 
this is just the opiate of the masses and I'm, I don't want, like, like you said, your own journey, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be foolish and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and bringing that into the conversation that Peter has because he's reminding the folks, this is how you, you, you used to be like these Gentiles, which is something neither one of us have addressed, even in the podcast or in the sermons, we've just kind of thrown out the word Gentiles, which is an interesting word for Peter to use. Yeah. Because Gentile literally means non-Jewish person, but he's talking about Gentile Gentiles, right? <laughs> people that are totally and completely separated from a lot. And some people make the argument because Peter is using the Gentile phrase that he's only speaking to the Jewish people. Some people make the phrase, well, no, no, no. What he's really doing is he's saying that the Israelite people are now, you know, the, what would the promise, all the promises of the Old Testament covenant are now applied to the church and not to the Jewish people. So even Jews would be considered Gentiles. And we haven't gone down that rabbit trail, probably because it's a pretty big rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I, I said I said what you and I have been talking about in my message, that we are self-aware yes. that we are touching on things that, that touch deserve and go. whole courses touch and go, uh, touch on, and, go. and that's another one. Yeah, touch and go. Uh, but one of the things that Peter brings up here, and you talked about it, and I think we're going to go into a lot more detail this week, is how our choices uh, based on the relationship we have with Jesus Christ are going to put us at odds with other people yeah. who don't make that choice. So as you're thinking through that aspect of it, um, you know, what are knowing kind of where we've been through this this series and then where we're going, especially in this coming week, mm. what were you hoping to kind of lay out for folks when it comes to that, that, uh, that idea that, you know, our Christian faith and the principles that we bring to the table are going to put us at odds with other people. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it's the same thing that Peter's been getting at the entire time. Uh, obviously, our context is, is very different, but he is saying that for people who are struggling, mm-hmm. uh, and they're struggling because they're doing the right thing, which comes out of their faith, and uh, so in some sense, which is where we're narrowing it to this weekend, uh, that, that they're suffering because of the faith, yeah. um, that if all we see is that struggle... Yeah. If all we see is the is the difficulty that we're having with a, you know, you hear this a lot in families. You know, a spouse who's just mocking. I, I can think of several names right now of mm-hmm. people in this church mm-hmm. whose spouses are pretty antagonistic toward mm-hmm. them yeah. because they are they are active in participating participating in the church. So that's a real that that's, that's a real problem. That's a real pro- a real yeah. problem. So what he is doing all, all all along, all through this letter, is saying, don't forget. Yeah. Just he's he's trying to get them, and I do the same thing. Every, I mean, you probably do the same thing when you get in the middle of the crisis or whatever it is. The the field of vision narrows, and yeah. he's just saying, "Hey, open, see it a little bit bigger." Yeah, that that this is going to be okay. So I, I think that's that's been that's been the the recurring theme. It was in this week. It'll be it'll certainly be in this weekend. Yeah, when we talk again. So it's 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 the Peter the pastor. Speaking yeah. to his people, saying, "You know, look, I'm, I'm, I want you to do well." Well, and speaking of Peter uh, as pastor, you know, verse seven really, yeah. really, um, almost like a left hand turn. And I think that's when I was when I read the passage the first couple times through. It took me a little bit to kind of see, okay, what's the through line? I mean, I know that there, there, it, you know, Peter's talking. 
what's the through line? Because he moves into this, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be sober-minded yeah. and self-controlled. So how and did I, you— And I love what you did with that. You, you, uh, and I, I wish I having heard yours, I wish I would have done it myself and just say that the the end times, it's not like we're waiting for the the, the, the heavens to open and the Jesus to return yeah. in, in the clouds. It's not that kind of moment. We're already living in those moments now. And just part of that is to be aware that the, the end—we are in the end time. We're in the in-between times, the first coming and the second yeah. coming, but it's already begun. And there, yes, there will be this future things as well. So I love that that idea of the of the timing. I also felt like that that was a. Uh, it's not what you would have expected to come next. Yeah, you know, you, okay, this is what you were like before. Now here's how you're going to live now. Yeah, but he says here's what you were like before. Now, yeah, Jesus is coming back. Yeah, there's and, there's something more. Yeah. Therefore, here's and how you're he, and he out. gives this kind of he gives this kind of then rational where where it kind of got to me was he's talking about the sober mindedness and the self control which actually when you look at the Greek the two words the the range of those two words is almost identical I mean yeah. there's just very little uh, differentiation yeah, like so it's almost like he's repeating for emphasis is repeating that for emphasis and the translate it's two different words but he's the the range is not not very very broad and so to me it was really interesting. Almost as though he's he, in, he's circling back to what he's talking about. Okay, so Jesus is returning. This is be sober minded and self controlled. Going back up to what he's talking about earlier in terms of the, the 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 sin lifestyle that they had before. So that was to me that was the carryover. But to to say to people, and I wish if I'd been in Vine, I might have said it like this. But I, there was some part of me that was like. So often we f- we get into our faith this get around to it sort of mentality. Mm. Well, I'll deal with my fill in the blank sin yeah. problem. I know God's got me. Yeah, uh, I thought you did a great job of. Uh, and I know some of our notes ahead of time, our mutual notes ahead of time, talked about the urgency of yeah. the faith, and I thought you wove that thread uh, throughout this pretty well. And that, and including there that that. Because this is a reality, rather than this someday I'll uh, yeah. get to it, uh, we need to get to it now. Well, and, and and don't I mean I feel like and I and I felt like the way you pres- you landed your sermon had that sense of urgency without mm-hmm. being explicit about mm-hmm. it. So there was to me I listened to it. I'm like, well, there's the you know can, can I can I just tell you that that sort yeah. of that repetition of imagining the fu- you know painting a picture of the desired future that that Jesus would want for his church and doing it in that way, you know, addressing the men, addressing the women, addressing the church as a whole, those four points at the end, there was a sense of this is an urgent thing. So let's get these things. How wonderful would it be if we really took this idea of arming ourselves with this this Christ-like mentality and trading the, as you put it, the dopamine hit for the noble and the honorable of of Christ. And I I mean, I I felt like there was that, without being explicit, this sense of urgency really woven at the end. Uh, And that's the part that has... The, the feedback loop has yeah. has been reacting to that because you know we've been in a strange time as a yeah. as a church and so that that was also good to be able to to address those things uh, uh, as well um, and it does and it will your you, your language was a if we were to do those things if we were in fact to love because that was really it's an internal message yeah Peter has an internal message he's writing to the Christians about the Christians mm-hmm. and you know love well love love covers a multitude of sins show hospitality to each other quit complaining about it yeah uh, that type of thing but if if we were to do that I mean the, I, 
you use the word the image of stretching. Yeah, you know, Zach the Runner does a lot of stretching. Yeah, and because he uses that same word from that word from ver, uh, chapter one twenty two. That word yeah, earnestly, earnestly or uh, that, that was so a great. It was a great image though because it. it it really is saying that we've gotten into a comfortable place, which is not necessarily a good place, yeah. that that in order to break out of that place, it does require us exerting ourselves, stretching ourselves, yeah. earnestly stretching stretching ourselves. That was really helpful for, for, and, to, to hear that. And for one another, for the sake of the congregation, for the sake of the church, and, and, and you know, we were just talking a little bit ago about some of the things that we have noted post-pandemic in terms of just the overall attitude of congregants and things like that. We need to be reminded quite quite honestly about this breaking out of this kind of self-centered, selfish, you know, mentality. We we almost spiritualize our human passions and human desires because we're articulating in the church, I want it my way, I want it this way, yeah. I want it, you know, and and to say, you know, that's not really the community that God, that we don't want that to be the community that Jesus comes back to, you know. Um, there is he, in what you're saying, and I wonder if you can, maybe we can think this, think about this together, there is a, a bit, I mean, there's sin, there's the doctrine of sin, there's redemption, mm-hmm. there's uh, eschatology, the return <laughs> the return of Christ, and this is a pretty strong theme of ecclesiology. Yeah, it really is. Like, what is the uh, – I, I, I didn't have that consciously in my mind yeah. as I was thinking about that, but I, I do now because yeah. Yeah, it, it clearly was there for both both of us. How, how is uh, – is, is this the dominant theme out of a out of a – out of Peter and Gen- first Peter in general, and 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 in this passage in particular, you know, that's a good question. I think as I'm thinking through the, so there there's there there are two points in Peter that we've touched on in in our sermon series that Peter touches on, not because we're inventing it, which has got a pretty heavy ecclesiology to it. You know, this one, and then a few weeks ago, we start talking about the the identity that we have in Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not. You know, you mentioned it. I think after week one, that almost all, if not all, I haven't done the math, but the majority of the second person pronouns are plural. Yeah. So there is this communal aspect to it, you know, that 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 goes in. But isn't that? I mean, I think that's the nature of what faith is supposed to be, right? I mean, yeah. that that it's, and I think too too often, and you've seen this, the 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 the. Our soteriology, man, we're using a lot of theology words today. Our soteriology is gets reduced down to um, its personal individual effect, right? right. As right. opposed to saying, Wh- which it is, which it does, but but, but that's, to, to yeah. ignore the 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 uh, the communal nature of soteriology yeah. is is to do a disjust, injustice to the gospel itself. Yeah. And I should we should say for those that are listening that have not done the study soteriology is the basically the study of salvation itself right so we reduce sometimes as americans especially western christians i think do this um i don't think you get this as much and you have more experience than i do out in the eastern church but i think the eastern church has a pretty heavy emphasis on soteriology and ecclesiology or the life of the church being two sides of the same coin. and i think culturally that is reflected in all the all, all the cultural identity as well. Yeah, uh, attitude towards community, villages, things in like that. General, in yeah, general, yeah, in yeah. general. So it's it's a natural. So for them, their culture is already communal in nature, and our versus ours, which is very individualistic. individualistic yeah, yeah, and and, and so it's just, that is interesting that you point that out because there is, I think, Peter really is tying 
the 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 person and work of Christ, the to the salvation of Christ, to how Christ's salvation of, of us as individuals creates this community of faith, and so as a result, as we look forward with a, a certain hope in the return of Christ, you know, this is the community we we ought to be to the world on the way back to the return, and, and even. To the point from last week or two weeks ago, and then this upcoming week, and and sort of in this week as well, the, to the extent that that community identi- communal identity is strong, and the community, the qualities of a healthy, vibrant community are strong, which is the last part of what he was saying: the, yeah. the love and the hospitality mm-hmm. and this and this serving. I love what you did, and I just I completely left it on the table that you know, the, the, the giftingness you know, there is gift language in yeah, here. Yeah, there is the speaking gifts and the and the doing gifts here. Um, that all all of those things are are, are about health and wellness of the community itself yeah. and that itself there's pastor peter speaking again yeah. because that is that itself and i did say this but i didn't tie it in like i'm tying it in right now um but that that also helps with a community that is going through difficulty yeah absolutely and, you, and 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 again you know there's even this evangelistic side to it as well because huh. last week you know he talks about being ready to have a defense for the hope that's in you and part of that is if you're in a community like you're talking about that strong environment and loves one another in the face of suffering, everybody's going to suffer. They're going to look to this community, to, to the strong, vibrant, healthy, loving community, and say, yeah. "Well, what do you? Wait, wait, how did? How are you? De- yeah. How are you dealing with this?" And, and I want to be a part of. I want to. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. So there's that. If I mean, this is what makes the this. I mean, in all. I mean, every time we go through any book of the Bible, you get a lot of these layers and layers and layers. But you think of such a brief book. Like First Peter having just a lot of layered nuance and, and theology and yeah, it's a. Writ, I remember I remember teaching this is my I think it's my first church out of seminary is the is the I had a class on this book so we went yeah. through the you know verse by verse and chapter yeah. by chapter and um, I don't I don't think that and maybe it's just being a younger pastor at the yeah. time I don't think that the depth. Of the the message, I, I, you know the complexities of the you know, who were, who were the imprisoned, you know, yeah. those those questions, you know, salvation, you know, baptism, and salvation being being connected. Those are all things yeah. that you have to deal with. But there really is such it, it, there's there's a lot of there's a lot to this book. There's a lot to this book, which is why we sit down and we talk about it after the fact yeah. in, in an armchair fashion, because there are just so many things that even we, when we go to prep the messages and then deliver the messages, then we hear each other's messages and then we go back and go, oh my gosh, there's this side yeah. of it too, and yeah. then we sit down and we talk and we we get more which of the, it too, which then influences our next messages, which will influence what happens this week coming up. So, yeah. uh, for those that missed Pastor John's, uh, he was in Vine in the Modern Service. I was in the classic service this past week, and if you missed any one of our messages, go to our website, fpclakeland.org, and go to the worship page, sermon archive tab. You can see complete uh, services. And if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, uh, head over to Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Subscribe, like, share it with your friends. Uh, I'm getting feedback from folks that that this time they really appreciate it. They like hearing kind of backstory things and and, uh, especially some of these things that are harder to understand. Yeah. In a twenty-five or thirty-minute sermon that we're only touching on, we're just or not even addressing at all. (laughs) That we just can't. We're getting to do that here. So I appreciate you hanging out, Pastor John, once again. 
and uh, you're going to be back in classic this week. I will be in classic this week in a kilt. I, ooh, in a kilt. That's right. You guys are we're kirking the tartans. We're kirking the tartans. We're kirking the tartans. I'm not going to be in a kilt, guys. I, I don't own one. I don't want to own one, so please don't send me one. I, you can give it to me. I'm not going to wear it. Uh, <laughs> I'm Scottish for sure. I got I got my coat of arms sitting here on the wall overlooking me, but I'm not wearing a kilt. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Uh. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that. Okay, you heard it here today. So when you see Pastor Zach in a kilt in, in five years, you will you will you will go back and appreciate yeah. the moment. And think, man, I wish I could erase time. Thank you, John. Good we'll to be see here. You, see everybody next time. Bye, everybody. Yeah.